Podcast City Network. This is Jim the Podcast Sherpa from Too Many Podcasts, and you've got a ringside seat to the Mark the Shark MMA show. Let's get ready to podcast! Hi everyone, I am your host, Mark the Shark Retorto, and welcome to the Mark the Shark MMA show, where every week we talk about the wonderful sport of MMA. To me, we will review the most recent and upcoming events in MMA news. In each episode, the format may be changed, but you will always be entertained. There will be special interviews with special guests, along with special insights on the sport from our guest hosts. Also, check out our Facebook page for news and updates on future episodes. Also, we appreciate donations from our listeners to keep our podcast up and running. You can make a donation by clicking on the Click the Support button found at anchor.fm slash Mark the Shark MMA Show. And that's Mark spelled with a C and not a K. We are also looking for guests who want to be on the show and sponsors who want to advertise their product and brand on the show. For more information, contact me on the Mark the Shark MMA Show Facebook page. Page. Also, for a plug-in, if you're looking for a good action thriller suspense novel, check out a book called The Cabal, The Saga Begins. You can find it on both Barnes & Noble and Amazon.com. It is available in paperback, Kindle, and audiobooks format on Amazon.com. and paperback version only on BarnesandNoble.com. And the hardcover version is only available at www.retortofamilybooks.com. For a good book for your kid to read, check out I Am a Survivor or Invisible Girl, written by a little 11-year-old girl by the name of Christina Retorta. She has her books in Kindle and audiobook format and paperback format on Amazon.com and paperback format on both Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com. And the hardcover version is only available at www.retortofamilybooks.com. Okay, everyone, keep on listening. We'll be back shortly after this break. Marcus Sander was a normal family man till he was captured by the Nazis, imprisoned in torture. His only means of survival was to become a vampire. Now his only fear is how to keep his daughter safe, but not only from the Nazis, but from the creatures of the Dark World. Marcus the Vampire, the first book in the Dark World Chronicle series, now available at www.retortofamilybooks.com and on Amazon.com. Get it now. Do you need a website for your business? Well, you can use HostGator.com to get your website up and running fast and easy. And with the Mark the Shark MMA Show promo code, you can save... 60% 60% on your web hosting costs. Again, the code is Mark the Shark MMA Show. Use it and save money with HostGator.com. All right, guys, you can keep up to date and see what's going to happen with the show by following us on our social media pages. You can follow us on Facebook at Mark the Shark MMA Show. And that's Mark with a C and not a K. And that's on Twitter 
at Mark BJJ Fighter. Again, that's Mark with a C and not a K. And of course on Instagram at Mark underscore Retorto. It's Mark, M-A-R-C underscore Retorto. R-I-T-O-R-T-O. Keep up to date and follow us. Alright guys, this is Mark the Shark, and I got some great news. If you subscribe to my email list on my website, I will email you a promo code that will allow you to save 20% on any MMA gear or Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu gear put out by Hypnotic. All you have to do is go to www.markthesharkmmashow.com, and that is Mark with a C and not a K, and subscribe to my email list. Go ahead and subscribe today. Today's podcast episode is brought to you by Defense Soap. Defend what you have built, used by all jiu-jitsu and MMA athletes to prevent skin infections. Save 15% with the code MarkTheSharkMMAShow. This episode is also brought to you by Audible. You will get a free audiobook when you sign up for a 30-day trial. And also, this episode is brought to you by... Henzo Gracie Academy of Ramapo Valley, New Jersey. Save 10% if you use the code Mark the Shark MMA Show. Call them today at 201 580 Hey, what's up, world? This is Will, and you are about to listen to the Mark the Shark MMA Show. Enjoy the show. Everybody, this is uh, Mark the Shark from the Mark the Shark MMA Show, and today I got two very special guests, Dan, Dan Delila and his wife Juliana. I'm over here at the uh, Henzo Gracie Academy over in Ramapo, New Jersey. How are you guys doing yes, today? Yes, sir. Great. Honored <laughs> to be here. <laughs> today was my first uh, workout in over a year. Uh, I'm slowly getting back on the mats uh, due to some injuries, so he put me through the ringer today. <laughs> <laughs> So today, the reason why I'm here today is because I've had a, I've um, known Dan for some time now. Um, I think he's a great teacher. He really understands technique, and he presents it in a way that you can really understand it. Um, but I like to give people a little insight as to who you are and how you got into jiu-jitsu. So if you give the people out there a little insight on how you got started in the martial arts, like what was your first martial art? Was it jiu-jitsu or was it yeah, something Yeah, absolutely. Else? So uh, I got started actually in Taekwondo as a kid. I think everyone got yeah, thrown yeah. into Taekwondo so when they were kids. <laughs> yeah, so I was like a little five-year-old. Uh, I did that. I watched too many Van Damme movies growing up, uh, and I loved doing that. But then, you know, as life went on, I didn't have time to continue. always wanted to get back into it. The mm-hmm. second I had like my own job and can pay for martial arts again, I actually looked for jujitsu, and I was looking around. There was no jujitsu back in the time. It was probably around uh, I don't know, like nineteen nine two thousand maybe, uh, and there there was jujitsu, but very you know, the Hanzo Gracie was just in Manhattan. It wasn't at 
you know, I wasn't at that time at 18 years old going to make the trip over there. I wish I did. Yeah. Uh, there was a guy, there was a blue belt who was teaching jujitsu, and he just closed down his school. And I, I had a friend that went there, and, he was, and I was like, all right, let me do this jujitsu thing. And the guy closed his school, and then he's like, yeah, that guy closed down, but I'm going to do this other thing. I'm going to go do Kempo Karate. And he's like, it's like... Uh, you know, stand up like street fighting, and so I was like, "Oh, great, I'll do that." All right, so then I, I ended up uh, missing out on the opportunity to do jujitsu, and I did uh, kempo karate for four years, and then uh, I was doing that for a while. I loved it. As as that time was going on, jujitsu started becoming more popular, and someone actually moved into my hometown, uh, Professor Carl Masaro, and I was like, and coincidentally, there was a guy who did jujitsu previously. He didn't have very much experience. He had like maybe a couple weeks of jujitsu. And he started bringing it into our karate school and started like doing ground fighting with us. And you know, here I was like four years into karate, thinking like I could kind of like handle myself, like I'm in a small school, doing well in sparring and beating people up. And this guy who had like a couple weeks of jujitsu came in and was giving me a hard time on the ground. I'm like, Jesus, man, what is this jujitsu stuff? And uh, you know, one thing led to another. I went to a couple different schools. I, I went with uh, Professor Carl. Not only because he was close to me, but because he was a really good instructor. I like that he was opening up and he didn't have a lot of students. Uh, so I think it's really good to, whenever you have an opportunity, to go with someone that is like just opening a school because you get essentially private lessons from the guy. And I'm very thankful for that. And you know, I started jujitsu and then never really looked back. I, I, I had like six weeks of jujitsu and then I went back to my karate school and I was submitting everyone and it was just like <laughs> the rest was history I mean I, lo I still love karate I have love for all martial arts but jujitsu is just like an addiction you know you know yeah exactly exactly you know so. yeah I, I kind of had the same thing like when I was a kid I did the karate thing and then in my uh, karate school they kind of had a hybrid of different martial arts like boxing and then um, the instructor Ray Martin he brought in jujitsu yeah and the instructor was this 14 year old blue belt who was beat at the time I was like 27 you know I was like back then ripped <laughs> but you know he was like toying with me and then uh, I moved up here and then I started getting training um, over in Fairlawn well actually at the time I think he was in Garfield with Delaro yeah I trained yeah, with him nice. for a few years till I got injured but I kind of remember back then there weren't it wasn't very few instructors at all yeah so you were kind of lucky that uh, Carl opened up the school Very in your area, especially right where you lived. Too. Right, right, yeah. You know, so so moving forward, you know, you started studying, and you how long? And in that, like, reason I know Dan is he actually was the one of the instructors at Carl's school. Yeah, yeah, for many there years, for a long time. Yeah. So how did you make the transition? Like, what made you decide to open up your own school? Uh, man, I love I love martial arts. I've always wanted to, to have a school. Like back when I was doing kempo, I was like, oh, you know, like I want to do have my own kempo school maybe or something. That was always like a just a passion of mine. So I, I always wanted to do it. It was always a long term thing. But you know, it just got to the point like, oh, I'll kick the can down the road eventually when I get to that point. You know, then you're like, oh, I got to get my black belt first, and then I got my black belt, and then I was like, man, I want to get better. I want to keep getting better focus on that and I started getting better and feeling I was like you know what it's, it's time to like what what am I going to do going to keep waiting and I was like just I think it's the right time now things are lined up you know my wife uh, Juliana trains with me she's a purple belt now and uh, yeah it's awesome we, we just decided to take this step now here's an interesting question how did yeah. you guys meet she so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so you had more than one benefit of jiu-jitsu yeah yeah <laughs> you met the woman that you're going to spend the rest of your life with that's great yeah, that's great my wife a lot of long-term friends, obviously. You know, <laughs> everything. Jiu-Jitsu is great. It's got lots of benefits. So what did you think when you first met him? He was a great instructor. 
Were yeah. you uh, like what rank when you when you guys met? Were I was actually purple belt. I middle purple belt probably. Oh okay. Yeah, and it was funny because every time I was talking to her, because like it was one thing like she didn't she didn't speak she spoke English, but it was her English was not that great. Yeah. But there's English and then there's like jujitsu English. Like you're saying like kimura, armbar, and especially in Henzo Gracie lineage, you're speaking Japanese some terms, achigurami, and the. So yeah. you're, you're half speaking English, half speaking Japanese, and she's like, what are you talking about? So everything I said to her, I'm like, all right, get the side control, take the arm, take a scoop grip here, and she's like, huh? Everything I said is, huh? And I'm like, this girl doesn't like understand anything I'm telling her. Like, what the hell are we <laughs> going to do? She was very patient with me in the beginning. Uh-huh. Yeah. So how long did it take him to ask you out? A couple we started, weeks? We started going out after class, hanging out after class, like right away. Uh-huh. Much, okay. but, uh, yeah, grabbing food here and there, and then... Yeah, their friends. Our first like official date was probably a month or two after she like first came to the school. Yeah. Ah, there you go, blooming, yeah. blooming romance. Great, great. <laughs> now, one of the things I noticed, because you know I've been to various d- different schools throughout my life, one of the things I noticed, particularly um, with you, um, I guess you get it from Carl or whatever, or maybe it's part of the Henzo Gracie lineage, is that a lot of the Henzo Gracie schools seem to do takedowns. Yeah. Which a lot of other jiu-jitsu schools don't. I don't know if you noticed that. I don't know if you, like, ventured out ever to different Yeah, some schools, schools shy away from it. Um, you know, I tend to train with a lot of Henzo schools, and uh, I've been to some other uh, non-affiliate schools. Some drill takedowns, but then, like, when it's time to go live, everyone just sits to their butt. And, you know, even within the uh, Henzo Association, some people shy away from takedowns. But I've always loved... Uh, takedowns you know Henzo himself is a judo black belt yeah. as well mm-hmm. obviously a phenomenal wrestler professor Danner oh. is a, a fantastic wrestling coach a lot of people don't even realize how good his wrestling yeah. is um, and a lot of people within the fortunate enough to have a lot of good uh, judo and wrestling guys within the Henzo Association uh, you know Travis Stevens Harry Gary oh, St. Ledger yeah. are awesome judo guys and uh a million more people that I can't even think of off the top of my head. But, yeah. So I went to a Travis Stevens seminar once. He's a very intimidating dude. Oh, yeah. He's, he's, <laughs> he's a, a monster. Like, normally, like, you look at a guy, right, and you just, like, have that eye contact. He'll be like, what's up? You have eye contact with him, and he looks like he, like he wants to kill you. <laughs> yeah. You know? And his takedowns are vicious. Yeah. Anyway, so so what's your opinion on that? Like, do you think more jiu-jitsu schools should be doing takedowns? Uh, you know what do what makes you happy like me personally like I wouldn't be happy doing jiu-jitsu if I if all I knew how to do was pull guard like I I I'm a big believer in learning how to do uh, at least be competent on your feet like you know if you don't study takedowns you're not going to be able to defend a takedown so uh, that's a big thing it's like oh well I'll just like pull to a safe position you want to at least know what to do when someone's trying to take you down you don't have to be an Olympic wrestler or uh, Olympic judoku, mm. but you want to be able to defend a single leg, be confident that like, all right, if they're going for this, I can go for this kind of counter here, or if, at least you can start to see when things are starting to go wrong, where it's time to abort on trying to take someone down and just be defensive, pull, start pulling offense, use your guard, guard pull as a weapon rather than as your only option. Yeah, That's, and I find it also kind of funny though, is because jiu-jitsu is a ground-based martial art that uh, the, way, the way I think, at least, if you happen to get in a street altercation, if you can't take the guy to the ground, your yeah. jiu-jitsu, in my opinion, is kind of useless. Yeah, you also want to so, use it in reverse, too. You don't yeah. want to be taken down all the time, right? That's a big mis- uh, misconception as well. Yeah. It's like, people are like, oh, you're a jiu-jitsu black belt. Well, like, what if you're going against five, six guys? Well, I'm not going to try to take someone down. First of all, if you're going against five or six guys, good luck. You know, you're, you're <laughs> probably, there's a lot of... 
uh, misconception. Been there, there, done that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, a few altercations in my life. <laughs> yeah, there's some people that that uh, pull it off, but like most yeah. realistically, if you're going against multiple attackers, you're you're probably in for a long night. But uh, yeah. if you can, you don't want to go. That's not the situation where you want to be taking people down. It's when you want to use it in reverse and stay on your feet. Uh, and then, of course, you want to be able to take someone down if you have to, right? You don't want to just be pulling guard. Like the sport jujitsu aspect has made people sit guard and play the points game, but you want to be able to take someone down when you need to. Yeah. For sure. Now, did you study any judo? Uh, not formally. I've taken classes, taken seminars. Uh, I was fortunate enough actually to have a judo black belt start with me when I was a white belt. Uh, shout out to Judo Jim, Jim Purcell. Was a, was a good uh, training partner of mine. Yeah. Uh, taught me a lot. Uh, also, uh, Professor Carl was, was uh, very strong with judo from uh, Henzo Gracie lineage, and all the Henzo Gracie guys that I just mentioned before have all yeah. uh, learned from all those guys. Now, Jim actually gave you a compliment once. I don't know if you ever if you ever heard this. Uh, he actually thinks that your judo is like the equivalent to like a brown belt. Yeah, I don't think I don't think so. But, uh, <laughs> well, that's what he says. Yeah, maybe maybe yeah. one or two throws every every now and then. Broken clocks right twice a day. So. <laughs> Every once in a while, I can do something right, but I think I'm still uh, a low level in judo, you know. But uh, it's it's nice. That's a it's a nice compliment. Thank you. Yeah, and then one of the things I also noticed about you is that your game is very um, well balanced. Yeah. Like some people just do guard. Some people are really good on top. Some people are really good with leg locks. You seem to be well rounded. What do you think contributed to that? Did you focus? Do you train that way, uh, or is it just happen to be that way? Just. I don't know. Like I, I, I do have some specialties for sure, uh, but I, I think just a lot of time on the mat. I've been doing this for almost 12 years now, so you know you there's you hang around jujitsu long enough. If you if you as long as you're open minded and you you practice a lot of different things. Like I, if I see something in jujitsu, I don't want to just do. I don't want to ignore that and be like ah whatever. I want to learn that what that is, even if I'm not going to use it. So at least, especially as an instructor, I want to be able to uh, relay that information to my students. To, in case they run up against that, how to counter that? What are the major pitfalls that you don't want to walk into there? But I also I just like to open my game up and play different things. Like you know, I'm I'm my style of jujitsu is never just to force my game upon people and just be like linear, right? If you you don't want to meet force with force. If you're trying to be rough with me, I'll go light and and try to go around that. If you're trying to be uh, light, and I'm going to be a little bit more forceful. You know, I always try to do the opposite of what the person's doing. So my game I can open my game up and play a lot of different styles to to make it work around people if that makes sense mm -hmm. now what would you say would be your favorite submissions leg locks I like leg, leg locks, locks. Uh, back attacks actually my, my strongest position is definitely back attacks yeah. yeah if I can get that now do you prefer gi or no gi uh, I like uh, so I was I'm a traditionalist I came up in the gi we spent a lot of like probably five days in the gi and two days in no gi and uh you know, now it's, nowadays it's mostly like 50-50. As a black belt now, I'm, I'm expanding a lot more into the nogi, uh, spending time on, on my wrestling and stuff, but I still really have a, a love for judo. I want to get a judo black belt in the future. Uh, I want to also, you know, improve my, I'm still just going to improve everything. Um, but, you know, it's 50-50 it's for me. Okay. Now, do you follow uh, sports jiu-jitsu or MMA? Like, what's your, what do you mostly follow? Do you follow everything? Like, well, you follow everything. Everything, yeah. Okay, are you following up the ADCC? Oh, of course. This weekend is going to be a big weekend, rooting for all the Henzo guys. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Gordon and Gary and uh, Nikki Ryan and all the other guys. Uh, now, who do you see winning 
the yeah, the absolute division. Well, I'm, I'm rooting for Gordon, but that's the throw. You know, there's so many variables that go into that. You know, how how did their division go? How did you know? That's a that's a tough tough thing. You know, you got guys that are upwards of 300 something pounds that are coming in. That's a tough uh, not to crack, no matter who you are, to deal with that. Let alone adding on top of that whatever kind of variables of injuries or how your matches go. You could have uh, six matches that go the full duration and you go against a guy who's 300 pounds who's submitted all those guys. Not, not that that's happened before, but like, you know, there's yeah. just, there's no way to, to, to shout it out uh, who's going to win. But like, I think the favorites to win that, I mean, there's so many tough guys. You got, everyone thinks Bouchesh is, is going to be his year because he's never done it before. Uh, you know, you got a, a lot of, I mean, I, you don't even know who's in it yet to be, but there's like some guys that are expected to be in it. And there's been a lot of injuries and pullouts this ADCC. Mm -hmm. so. Now you think Gordon's going to win weight division again, or? Man, I, you know, if he was healthy, I would think so, but he's coming back like from a uh, ri ridiculously serious injury in such a short amount of time. Like he's a savage. Yeah, knee, to, knee injury, right? Or something. Cause yeah. I see him in the videos. He's got like uh yeah, he completely, Some device completely on his tore his LCL like six months ago, came back from surgery, and now he's jumping into the Olympics of grappling. Like, pretty serious. Uh, <laughs> where they do leg locks. Yeah, where, where, <laughs> where he's going to have people throwing heat at him. Plus, he's, uh, he loves to troll people on the internet, so they, yeah, they get yeah, something going. They, yeah. Everyone wants to try to kill him. So. Now, Gary's going back into that, too, right? Yeah, Gary jumped in. Uh, he's back. For, uh, he, he was supposed to do an MMA uh, fight, so but that didn't. I don't know what the details were behind that. But yeah, because he's he's two time silver medalist. Mm -hmm. So do you think he'll be able to pull it off this year? Because he's been mostly focusing more on MMA. Yeah, I always have faith in them, but you know they got it's like one of the most stacked cards. Like he's he's got one of the most stacked divisions there. Uh, I mean, every anyone who's in that division could be a potential winner. But of course, you know I, I always uh, have faith in them to to get the job done. Now for the super fight. Who do you think's got it? Andre Gabal uh, or Pena? Tough to say. I mean, like, I think, uh, you know, experience plays a, a big role. Galval has uh, three times, uh, I think he's three times Super Fight champion. And I think, I think this he, would be a record, right, or something like that? Yeah. If he wins this, I, I think so. he'll hold the record. Yeah, but he's. I think his wrestling may play a big role. I don't think Felipe Pena's wrestling is as good. He also... Uh, came off a recent knee injury so I don't know we'll see I don't like to make predictions it's, these guys are all could beat anyone on any, any given day they could eat, all tap each other or all beat each other on points it's but I think uh, Goval is probably the better wrestler I, I could see it playing out that way if I had to make a prediction mm. now when you have your students come in particularly like white belts what do you um, what are your as your as an instructor what are your first thoughts as to like what am I going to how am I going to introduce jujitsu to this person? Well, jujitsu could be so many different things. So I like to see what their interests are. Like, so normally when you come in, I, I get your experience level first. So if you call me up and you want to do an intro lesson, say, okay, like, have you ever trained before? I want to get an idea. If you've trained at other gyms, if you're familiar with jujitsu, are you afraid of like making body contact? You're, you know, are you getting into this for self-defense? Do you, do you have? Are you a fan of MMA? So I always like to say like. What's your interest first? I see if they're interested in the sport of jiu-jitsu, like maybe they have a friend who competes and they want to, they saw a competition, they want to do that. Do they, they want to do mixed martial arts one day? So then I try to like gear a private lesson kind of in towards their, uh, what maybe some of their interests are so they understand what jiu-jitsu is. And then from there, you know, it's just a matter of like time on the mat. Let them jump into a regular class and start to see uh, if, it's a fit for them. Like, do they, do they like training in my academy? I think a big part of uh, picking the academy that you train at is 
choosing an instructor that you want to spend a lot of time with. So if you like the person, you like the energy in the room, uh, are you comfortable spending a lot of time with this person? Because ultimately, if you want to get to a black belt in jiu-jitsu, you've got to spend five to ten years with this person. Uh, and especially if you want to do it fast, you want to do it in five years, you're going to be spending every day there. So you're going to be spending a lot of time. Yeah, so, exactly. Uh, you know, that's just make sure that that's a, they're comfortable there. Yeah. Okay. Now, why do you think, I asked a, this question uh, quite a few times in the past to other people, why do you think it takes so long for a person to get their black belt in jiu-jitsu, right? Because you, you did what, Kempo and Taekwondo? How long did you do those for? I did uh, Taekwondo only for like a year, maybe a year and a half or two years, but um, uh, Kempo I did for four years. Did you get your black belt in that? No, I, I got to a brown belt, but like, it's deceiving because brown belt in uh, Kempo is like, uh, there's three different brown belts. Yeah. So it's like, it's I got different. to the equivalent of like purple belt in jujitsu. So I was like halfway there. Yeah. Um, I didn't never like finish that. Once I started doing jujitsu, uh, I just never really looked back. It's not, not like I quit it, but I was, ac- I was actually actively doing Kempo and jujitsu at the same time. And then I got injured, uh, and I had to take some time off of both. And when I came back, I just solely focused on jujitsu. Hmm. Yeah. So what do you think makes it so hard for people to learn jiu-jitsu and actually get, like, their black belt? Because you've been doing it, like, for, what, 12 years? Yeah, just about coming up on 12 years now. Um, it's just, it's a tough sport. I mean, it's it's not, like, you got to do – got to be consistent. You're, all, like, uh, you're only as good as your last uh, several training sessions. If you, if you take a lot of time off, you're going to be a little rusty. Like, it, everything is, like, timing. It's about knowledge. The sport is in its infancy. It keeps evolving. Uh, I think BJ Penn got his black belt in three years back yeah. back when he did it. Like I don't think that's possible now. Yeah. I think uh, maybe Gordon and uh, Travis Stevens. Travis Stevens came in with another background, but if you're yeah. coming in with no other background. Yeah, I think like, Gordon did it, I think, in six maybe. In but that's like five, rare. Yeah. But he's, he's training like two or three times a day. Yeah, and with the best in the world. So that's, <laughs> uh, that's an exception. But it, you, it's like learning a language, and you have to like – you're not just learning a language, you're debating someone with it, you know, you, so you better be on, t- on point and you have to, there's different levels of black belt. You could be an okay black belt or you can be like a world champion black belt. If you want, and you should always aspire to be as, as good as you can possibly be. So if you want to do that, you're not going to do it in a short amount of time. It's going to take a long, long time. A lot of, not an easy road, a lot of bumps and bruises, a lot of learning, you know, at least for me anyway. <laughs> me too. <laughs> Now, in terms of jiu-jitsu, uh, particularly sports jiu-jitsu, like growing up doing jiu-jitsu, like, were there any particular grapplers that you admired? You oh, know, yeah. Particular absolutely. world champions, like, like who are your, like, like, maybe, like top three? Yeah. Well, I mean, of course, Henzo. Uh, you know, that's, like, the old school Henzo and Hickson. Hickson was, like, the man back in the day. Everyone watched the old, uh, If you guys haven't seen it, go watch uh, Choke. It's a really good documentary. Very Henzo good. Gracie Legacy is another good one. Uh you know, those are like the, the legends. You got Hodger Gracie, of course, was like the most, when I when I started was at the peak, uh, towards the, at the end of Hodger's uh, competition career. Uh, I think his last, like, his, except for his recent ones, like his last, like, uh, several competitions at the Worlds was like 2009, maybe. I, I could be off on that, don't quote me on that. But like, he was he was in the peak of, he was the man when I first started. So I watched a lot of Hodger's games. Then uh, of course you know you got Marcelo Garcia, Andre Galvao was was really big. I've always been a big fan of um, JT Torres too. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's a good competitor. Uh, you know, there's I mean I, I literally have watched everyone, all the Henzo guys, Gary Tonin, Gordon, um, um, 
you know, I, I had a good uh, training partner coming up, Frank Rosenthal. Shout out to him. He's he's an amazing training partner, amazing instructor as well. Um, you know, but literally, I, I watch everyone though. Do you subscribe to Flow Grappling? Yep, yeah, I'm on everything. I got <laughs> UFC Fight Pass, Flow Grappling. Oh, really? Everything, really? dude. I, I live this stuff. <laughs> I watch everything. Now, in terms of the up, uh, now we're gonna switch over to MMA a little bit. Sure, sure. Now, in terms of the upcoming. Diaz versus Masvidal fight. Who do you mm-hmm. think is going to win that one? Uh, I think Masvidal is a little more well-rounded. I think uh, I could see him giving Diaz trouble, but it's really again like I don't like making predictions because anything could happen. You don't know who's coming in with who's healthy, who's not. But um, you know, they either one of them could be the other guy. Who's going to impose their game? Like if Diaz makes it a boxing fight, a dirty boxing fight, and uh, maybe a jiu-jitsu fight. Not that Masvidal's jiu-jitsu is bad, uh, but I think Masvidal throws a lot more kicks. I think he's he's probably more well-rounded, has more ways to win. So if he mm. can impose, use his tools, his versatility in there, I could see him getting the job done. If Diaz imposes his game and, and uh, Masvidal kind of plays into Diaz's game, I, I see Diaz getting mm. his hand You think he's going to throw some like kicks to Diaz's legs? Because that's like, the, like whenever I've seen Diaz in trouble and when he's lost is when guys like throw a lot of leg kicks because he doesn't seem to check them at all yeah I, is it a three-round fight or is it a five-round fight that probably it's, plays a big i'm too. pretty sure it's going to be a five-round fight because it's going to be a main, main event, event and it's for this um, bmf title yeah belt that they whatever throw that around. is <laughs> trying uh, to keep this child friendly yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, i think maybe five rounds would play into diaz's favor too you know He's, he's got the better cardio because he, sure, does, yeah, does, like, he does like that tri-athlete stuff like he swims he bikes yeah and all that. Now for Juliana, I got some questions for you. All right. She's a little camera shy. <laughs> Are you a little camera shy? Don't be shy. A little shy. bit. <laughs> Don't be shy. Now, being a woman in jiu-jitsu, do you find it often difficult training? Because there's, there's usually not too many women around. Do you often find it difficult to train or? Not really. I tend to adapt myself to my partner. Um, when I started, there was only one girl. I started in Brazil and it was me and another girl and all the guys were big. So I started that way and so I I started training with that mindset that it doesn't matter who I'm going against. So just want to train and adapt myself to the game. And here's I continue the same. For a while I had a few a handful of uh, girls that I trained with. It's good to practice and because the girls give a different feeling than a man, at least for me. I mm-hmm. usually go with the bigger guys. It's different. Girls, it, I guess their center, our center of gravity is a little different than the man's. And also some strength. I feel it's a little different and we are more flexible usually. Mm-hmm. So it is different rolling with girls and guys. But I just tend to adapt myself with anybody that I go with. Mm, okay. Now, for you, do you do any other type of training? Like, do you do, uh, like, weightlifting or running? Like, do you do anything else to complement your jiu-jitsu training? Yeah, nothing crazy. I do a lot of a body weight calisthenics. I try to do some basic gymnastics stuff. Um, I do some kettlebells and stuff. But, you know, I, I have uh, injuries from a long-term, uh, like, doing martial arts for over, you know, almost two decades now. So... I try to do things that are around around my body. Do what I can as as I can. I don't tend to do like a lot of too much of like bodybuilding or lifting. I do some 
some uh, like cleans, some kettlebells, swings, snatches, uh, just some stuff for explosiveness. But I focus more a lot on the jiu-jitsu technique. I'm kind of old school in that regard. It's probably not not necessarily the best thing to do if you want to be like a modern day athletes. These guys, you got to train like a professional athlete. You got to got to be doing everything. But uh, you know, I just do uh, enough to keep myself healthy to train every day because it's now it's you know it's a business for me as well. Okay. Now, what about in terms of uh, flexibility? I know you're very flexible. Do you do like yoga or anything like that? Or? Yeah, I love yoga, hot yoga. I'm big. Uh, we actually have uh, hot yoga here at the gym. We have yoga here as well in our facility. So uh, that's awesome. I, I do love to do that. I, unfortunately, I don't have a lot of time to do it, so I just do regular yoga at my house when I can. But I'm a big believer in flexibility. Try to stretch, avoid as many injuries as possible. And the better you can move your body, the better you're going to be able to do any kind of sport. You know, just just move in general. You want to be able to be mobile. That's a big thing. Okay. Now, do you follow the Gracie diet? No, no. I follow the seafood diet. <laughs> what I see, I eat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Now, in terms of your program, like, when did you guys open up here? Uh, so it's been about four months. We're still in the beginning stages. Uh, so we opened up in, in May, you know, and now we're just getting back into, like, back to school time. We, uh, we had the summer, got some initial members and things are now picking up more now that people are back on the regular schedule not spending all their days at the beaches so it's good okay now just so everybody knows i just want to throw this out there just in case i didn't throw it out there this is schools located in ramapo new jersey yeah mawa new jersey uh, aka ramapo valley hence the henzo gracie ramapo and what's the address of this place 95 mckee drive 95 mckee drive we're right off route 17 Okay, and it's a great facility. They got you know the mat space to get if you wanted to get like a weightlifting workout back there. You can also do that after the class as well. Now, in terms of um, your program here, mm-hmm. um, another thing I liked about what you do and other um, what Carl did is that you actually broke up the schedule where you actually have a program where people you split up the sparring part. Yeah. From the class. Yeah, yeah. Which uh, most schools don't. It's usually like the class might be just an hour, maybe an hour and a half, and they, they work it out mm-hmm. um, in that time frame. I personally like it because if you just want to get a uh, good cardio workout that day and you just want to be in and out, you just go right for the Randor and you're in and out. Right, right. And if you're, for some reason you know, you're banged up and you don't want to roll, you can just go to the class and still get some benefit out of it. Yeah. What made you decide to keep that type of schedule I think uh, it had a lot of benefits when when we switched over to it Um, you know not only did uh, it offer more options to the customer which I think is good like you said like you have some people that are injured and they don't want to come in like if you have a class where it's just like the old school jiu-jitsu is like an hour and a half or maybe like just no it just says an hour and a half on the schedule but sometimes you're rolling for three hours (laughs) and there's just like there's no like guideline as far as what's going on uh, that's that can be intimidating for someone that's injured and then they, they end up staying home on the couch. I want to see you guys come in and train whenever you're possible. Like even if you're injured, the jiu-jitsu has so many things you can do. You can work around injuries. I have a lot of students. Some people have banged up foot or something. Uh, some people have like physical uh, limitations. They're coming back from a back surgery. Like you trained today. You had a you just had a foot surgery. Yeah. We were able to have a, a great training session and uh, you know so dividing up the class like that. A, uh, I think it's important because the the consumer can come in and they, they can choose to do the, just the drilling or if they want to do just the rolling, that's good. 
and then also it, there's a lot of technique that goes into jiu-jitsu. I'm big on details. I'm big on trying to work on all these things and, and use 45 minutes to focus on that. And then you guys, if you can uh, stick around, you do a lot of training sessions. But the only downfall of that is uh, some of you guys out there are just skipping the drilling and are coming in and just rolling. And some of you guys are skipping the rolling and just coming in and drilling. You're supposed to do both. You can, do, you can skip and do one or the other, but make sure you guys are getting them both in whenever you can. Don't be skipping. <laughs> now, if they wanted to contact the school, because the thing's probably going to stop soon, the timer, uh, how would they get in touch with you? What's like, is there like a phone number or just a, or a website? Like, how would they get in touch with you yep, if so they want to set up like the introductory class? Yeah, our website is rvbjj.com, like Ramapo Valley Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu.com. And... Uh, my phone number is 201-580-0581. You can reach out to us. Okay. So social media, Facebook, Instagram, yep. we always answer anybody in okay. Texas. All right, guys. So that, that's pretty much it in a nutshell. we got to get you guys here on the mat. Henzo Gracie, Ramapo Valley. Dan, it was great chat with you. Thank Juliana, you. it was great Thank seeing you, you again. Everybody out there, don't forget, nothing's more important than jiu-jitsu. All right, guys. See you on the mat. Awesome, man. Great interview. Yeah. And then stop. Are you a fan of the Mark the Shark MMA show? Are you looking for some swag? Check us out on the web at www.marktheshark.mmashow.com where we sell t-shirts, hoodies, crop tops, hats, beanie hats, anything you want. Check it out. Are you also looking to become a guest on the show? And be interviewed by me, Mark the Shark Retorto. Well, go to the website and sign up as a guest. Are you looking to become a sponsor? Go to the website, sign up, take advantage of the wild range growth of the sport of MMA, and be have your business and service advertised to millions of listeners that listen to this podcast every week, worldwide, from everywhere. Check it out. WWW. Mark the Shark, MMA Show.com. Hey fans, here at Podcast City Network, we have a lot of great shows on all of our great social media outlets. PodcastCity.net. Facebook.com slash Podcast City Network. Hit that thumbs up. You can send a tweet to Podcast City Network on Twitter at Podcast City Net. Only on Podcast City Network. Today's podcast episode is brought to you by Defense Soap. Defend what you have built. Used by all jiu-jitsu and MMA athletes to prevent skin infections. Save 15% with the code MarkTheSharkMMAShow. This episode is also brought to you by Audible. You'll get a free audiobook when you sign up for a 30-day trial. Moments podcast, and you're listening to Mark the Shark MMA Show. And 
Angelica from A Little Bit of Everything with Me podcast, and you're listening to Mark the Shark MMA Show. And don't forget to like, subscribe, and rate to his podcast for more amazing episodes. All right, guys, we're at the end of our show. This is Mark Retorto. I'm signing off. And don't forget to follow us on our Facebook page. It's called The Mark the Shark MMA Show. And it's Mark with a C, not a K. And also, feel free to leave us messages by using the Anchor app. And also, don't forget, if you look in the mood for a good action thriller book, to buy my book called The Cabal, The Saga Begins. It's available on Amazon and BarnesandNoble.com. And if you need a good book for your kid, get the I Am Survivor book. Or Invisible Girl book written by my daughter, Christina Retorto, also available on Barnes & Noble and Amazon.com. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed the show and continue to listen to our shows every week. Thank you.